Hello everyone, welcome to another IMCO with myself, Jonathan Chan. Brought to you by Things That We Did Before COVID. Oh well, as Brad Pitt one time said in the movie Moneyball, evolve or die. So I guess I have to evolve and find other things that to enjoy, i.e. maybe my scotch or whiskey or bourbon, whatever. So, welcome. Thank you for joining me with another IMCO during lunch as uh, we talk about what topped the news this past week and offer you, the listener and the viewer, my Christian opinion on that topic. So, what topped the news this past week? Well, there was this lady named Miss Stanfield. And apparently, she's a anti-mask, anti-vaxxer. Yes, again! Don't these folks ever learn? And uh, it's frankly getting really boring talking about them. But you know what? It's the only thing that's topping the news lately, other than more cases and people who are just bitter about all the lockdowns. So, yes, uh, Miss Stanfield, what did she do? Well, I attached the article at the bottom of this link below. I included the link uh, to, I believe it's a global news uh, article, or was it CTV? I think it's a CTV news article. And uh, so basically it goes like this. Miss Stanfield is an anti-mask, and anti-vaxxer, and she designed a t-shirt. And I believe you could see it at the gra on the graphic up here. And uh, it's a yellow star with uh, a word called COVID cost. Right, uh, as in trying to uh, mimic Holocaust, and um, so she designed this T-shirt to sell or to distribute to whoever wants it. And of course, uh, when you do these things that's related to the Holocaust, you know that you'll have a response from the very community who has been through the Holocaust. And so the Jewish community in Vancouver responded to say, or to recommend, they didn't force her, they just recommend her and advised her not to distribute these t-shirts because the symbol hurts a lot. Like it brings back uh, the persecution, the, uh, the injustice that, and the, well, the suffering that their communities, their Jewish communities have experienced and still lingers till today. Um, that yellow star, is what the Nazis used to identify Jews during those uh, um, uh, those um, concentration camps and uh, how they identified them. They were discriminated, they were uh, segregated, they were ostracized, and then they were basically persecuted and worked in those concentration camps. And if you're a listener out there that you know your history of World War II, you know exactly what I mean. Uh, you watch, we watch enough movies as well. Schindler's List, for instance. So we know what this symbol means. It's not a uh, secret. It's no secret. It's not like um, you have to be a history buff to know what this symbol means. Everyone knows what this symbol means. And, to, and so her purpose, her main point to do this was because she believed that all the COVID restrictions and protocols was almost synonymous to the Holocaust. Dude, it was the persecutions that she's experiencing of not being able to go to a restaurant, not being able to uh, be maskless at the hairdresser. She feels and she believes that that is 
persecution, similar to the Holocaust. Yeah, there are people like that. But anyway, so um, CTV interviewed, of course, one of the members of the Vancouver Jewish community. And uh, I'm looking down right now because I want to just quote from this person. Uh, they interviewed him. Uh, his name was Dr. Michael Elterman. And uh, he's a member of the Vancouver Jewish community. And I thought that he made a really interesting concluding comment because, you know, um, like, I'm very, first of all, I'm very surprised yet also grateful to know that the Jewish community did not respond with violence or any lash out or any uh, verbal profanity. They actually responded rationally, just encouraging Miss Stanfield to not distribute these t-shirts. And so here's, here's what he says. So he made a concluding comment that made it interesting for us to talk about in this IMCO. He says this, it's irrational, it makes no sense. Now, it being Miss Stanfield's actions. Elterman says he would like Stanfield to remove the shirts, but acknowledges, get this, here's the quote, she has a right to be wrong. A right to be wrong. Really? So what's our Christian opinion? What should a Christian, how should a Christian approach this statement, right to be wrong? Well, here are my takeaways for today. I came across this quote a few times during my life. Um, I was told that, you, that Jonathan, you have a right to be wrong whenever I failed in something. Sometimes I might, yeah, my folks would use it, in the, not, not word for word, but in a similar sense. Sometimes my teachers, my mentors would say it, my coach uh, in sports would say it, you know, John, don't worry, you know, don't be afraid of failure. Uh, don't be afraid of it. Don't be afraid of failing. Just pick yourself out, learn from it, and then go on. That's, that's where I came across this quote, the right to be wrong, is the whole idea of just not being afraid of failure, not being afraid to take challenges on and fear the failure. Just, just take it on and be bold. And if we do, just learn from it and move on. So that's good, right? Uh, that's the good part about right to be wrong. You have, it is okay like, uh, to fail. And, the, and so my second point is that the crucial requirement for it though, for it to be right, to be wrong, is that we learn from it, that we are able to receive criticism, we are able to receive, uh, how Christians would say, edification, we are able to receive rebuke, and change our behavior accordingly, right? We make our changes, we make our improvements, and we try to not make the same mistake again, or lower the frequency of those mistakes. That's a crucial requirement for this statement to be good, to the right to be wrong. However, the question is, back to this statement, is I fear that that shouldn't be used in this case. Because here's the question, how do we know when we're wrong? What's the limit? Because clearly Miss Stanfield and others see that they're not wrong. That they are right in doing it. That they are right. Like, 
we've been talking about these anti-vaxxers and anti-maskers uh, and then about these protests that they do in the downtown um, area. We know that they're wrong, but they themselves know that they're right. And so does this sentence apply to this? Is it, is it okay for them to write to be wrong? Because clearly they don't think that they're wrong. So the question is, how do we know when we're wrong? What's the litmus test? Uh, how do we know if we are, have the right to be wrong? So I did a quick lookup, uh, like any normal person would. We Google the terms that we don't know or we want to know more of. And here's what I found out about the word right. And it is defined as a legal, a social, or ethical principle of freedom or entitlement. Legal, social, ethical. I don't think there should be an or there. I think there should be an and, but that's my opinion. But it's legal, social, ethical. And in my Christian opinion, here's how we know what is wrong. Legal, for sure, that's obvious. Anything that uh, goes against the law is wrong. So you have no right to go against the law. Uh, the law governs your rights. It governs, it tells you what rights you have, what right you have to do, like what you can do and cannot do. For example, you have every right to drive from zero to 30 kilometers per hour in a school zone, but you have no right to exceed that, right? And uh, uh, so legal, we understand that. That's pretty much self-explanatory, right? Social though, now that is something that we as Christians know are very familiar with. Uh, right from the first century onward about how to, whenever we read the Bible, what are the appropriate interpretations, translations, what versions, uh, you know, with all these uh, insurmountable copies of, the, of Scripture, which ones we should use. We have the Council of Nicaea. We have all these councils prior to that. We know how important it is to, have, uh, to be in a community to determine what's right and wrong and to allow the Holy Spirit to speak into this community, to guide us on what's right and wrong, and to listen to opposing voices in this community on what's right and wrong. Right? That's how we determine what's wrong. So in, the, uh, in a Christian sense, I think it's really important to also emphasize the social aspect, the whole community aspect. Even if you're not a Christian, I think uh, you agree to, with me on this one, right? Uh, that it is good to have a Hegelian mentality where there should be a dialectic between opposing voices that do not agree with us so that we could establish what really is right, that we could do a checks and balances on ourselves so we know what is right and whether we are wrong. So social is a very important aspect. I don't think it should be an or, either or. I think it should be an and, legal and social. Of course, you know, it's a, a three-legged stool. You cannot have one over the other. So uh, I think... Every thing should have be given equal weight as well. So socially, uh, whether it be a large crowd in a community, in a church, or in a whatever circle of friends you have, network, in the company that you work for, or even in family, all these things are important to govern what is right and wrong as well. That goes beyond just legal, right? And then ethical. Uh, for Christians, we have scripture to do that for us. We have this, the voice of scripture. Yet also, uh, as you know, it cannot be run on its own. We need to be in a social environment to read scripture in order to know whether 
we're right or wrong. Because so many times, uh, we, if we interpret it on our own and only believe in one voice, and that, that dictates how our, we read the Bible, there are many chances, probably 80 to 90% chance that we need more information before we conclude what is right and wrong. And so, in my Christian opinion, what Alterman said was misplaced. She does not have, if a Christian was to approach this, she doesn't have the right to be wrong in this sense. Reasons because not only is it uh, sure, uh, she, she, maybe she is, uh, she can do this legally, and I think that's what Alterman is saying, is referring to that she has every right to be wrong, because legally, no one's stopping her to do this. But then, as a Christian, there's a social aspect. Am I hurting anyone doing this? Am I um, demoralizing someone by doing this? Am I placing persecution, discrimination, or judgment on people? Am I uh, de like, uh, dehumanizing anyone by my actions? That's the social aspect of this. And I find that Stanfield's actions, she does not have a right to be wrong because in that social context. If it was that criteria, if social, social community is the criteria. Uh, clearly, she only listens to the voices that she wants to hear, but she's not listening to the other voices. Ethical. Also, scripturally, there's this one commandment that we all have to live by. It's to love your neighbor. In other words, love everyone. And so if it hurts anyone, if it, um, if it demoralizes someone, if our words come out, come across as hurtful, then we definitely do not have the right to be wrong. Uh, that's the ethical principle of the Bible is that we have to love God and love our neighbors, i.e. love everyone, especially to love our enemies, because that's where the whole passage came from anyway. So we have to love everyone. And uh, even though we may not like them, uh, for those of you, for those folks who, um, not you particularly who are watching this, but for those folks who are threatening Dr. Bonnie Henry with all these threats and just calling her names, if you're a Christian and you're doing that, you're not loving your neighbor. I don't care if you don't agree with her. It doesn't matter whether you agree with her or disagree with her. As a Christian, we are to love everyone. And for people who call her names and still claim to be Christian, for people who threaten her life and still call yourself Christian, you're an ass. So basically, the principle is we have to love our neighbors. And just by calling you an ass, please forgive me because I have to love you too. Anyway, that's it from me. I hope you enjoyed this IMCO, another IMCO. Uh, my apologies for the audio delay from the video to the audio. For some odd reason, I'm still struggling with my Logitech camera. Ever since I upgraded OBS, it's doing that. I don't know why. So if you could find, if you have a solution for me, please send me a message uh, through my website. But till next time, if you have any questions, comments, or suggestions, please shoot me an email through my website at www.companyofdisciples.com. Don't worry, the website's going to come right after in the closing screen. Uh, I would love to hear from you. And, uh, or feel free to post your comments at the bottom of this thread. Till next time, have a blessed week. Mm -hmm.